If you haven't already, I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles, if you have one with you, or click in your Bibles over to Daniel 6. I think I mentioned that we've been in Marseille for almost five years now, and after five years, we have the ability, finally, to apply for a visa that lasts longer than a year. Um, Currently, every year, we have to renew our visas, and we get what's called a long-term stay visitor's visa. And so even though we've been here for, been there for five years, we're visitors. And we have um, what's called a numéro d'étranger, which is a stranger number. We're strangers in France. We're visitors in France. After five years, we can apply to become citizens. We'll see um, if, if we go ahead and do that or not. But as of now, we're considered foreigners and strangers in France. Is there anybody else here this morning who has lived overseas like this as a temporary visitor in another country, as a stranger, or, or maybe somebody who's in the USA who came from another country, and you in the USA feel to some degree like you're a stranger, like the USA in certain ways is still a foreign country to you? We really love where we live. We love Marseille. We love the diversity of the city and all that is there. But it's not always easy to be a stranger. There are things that are different about um, the culture of France and the culture of the Mediterranean that are different, very different than American culture, especially when it comes to efficiency and um, those kinds of things, which can be really frustrating. And there are times where we run into the difficulty of being from somewhere else. And that even includes our ministry efforts and how we're viewed as people coming from the outside and how we can work together in a good way with those who are local to Marseille, which is obviously hugely important. All this would be really different, though, if we were strangers against our own will. We're there because God wanted us to be there, and we want to be there too, but this would be a lot different if we were there against our will, like if we were prisoners of war or exiles. But from a spiritual point of view, Christians are just that. We're exiles. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, Peter addresses those to whom he wrote this way, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. The Bible identifies Christians as exiles in a world that's hostile to our faith. Because Jesus' disciples belong above all else to His kingdom, a spiritual kingdom with our ultimate eternal home being the new Jerusalem in the new heavens and new earth. And until then, we'll always be strangers and exiles. No matter what country we live in, we're not fully at home. And this idea of spiritual exile for Christians has a larger biblical context because the exile of the people of Israel and Judah is one of the most important aspects of their history in the Old Testament Scriptures. So we need to, if we're called exiles, try to understand and feel what they must have experienced as exiles in 
the empire of Assyria and then later the empire of Babylon. And the book of Daniel gives us a window into the life of one of those exiles with his three friends. I guess that these three guys were his friends, at least his colleagues. And we see how Daniel and these three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or as they're often better known, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with their Babylonian names, we see how they remain faithful to God in the midst of some severe trials, severe pressure, and more importantly, how God remained faithful to them. And a key aspect of Daniel's faithfulness to God was his life of prayer by which he devoted himself to God and trusted in God's care for him through these trials in this difficult context in which he lived. I just finished reading and studying through Daniel personally, and I was struck again deeply by this because I have to admit that my prayer life is not what Daniel's prayer life was like. I'm often more occupied by the responsibilities of my life, what I have to do, getting my to-do list done. Even the to-do list of my ministry that can sometimes push me to neglect prayer and just do stuff. But I want a life of prayer like Daniel had. And here is the message for us this morning from our text of Daniel 6. As exiles in this world, we Christians must cultivate a life of prayer. The first five chapters of this book recount several stories that show the faithfulness of Daniel and his three companions. And more importantly, God's faithfulness to them. They risked their lives to remain faithful to the God in the face of serious pressure to conform to the cultural context in the court of the kings of Babylon. And God blessed them and He spared their lives and He elevated them to prominent positions within the court of Babylon and used them to communicate His Word and to testify of Him to the others around them and to bring blessing into those people's lives. But their lives as exiles in the court of Babylon as faithful Jews was not at all easy. But they lived in the grace of God, trusting Him, and honoring Him with their lives. This is what we find in the story recounted in chapter 6. Coming back to bring the context that leads up to the verses that were read to us just a few moments ago, we read this beginning at the end of chapter 5 in verse 31. Darius the Mede received the kingdom being about 62 years old. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful, and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. We find in Daniel an excellent 
example of faithfulness to God as in exile. And we see here in chapter 6 the role of his life of prayer in that faithfulness. We also, as exiles in this world, must cultivate a life of prayer to live with faithfulness. After having seen the faithfulness of Daniel to God and God to him in the first five chapters, it's not surprising to read here in this chapter about his life of prayer. Daniel kept on praying because he was faithful to God, we could say, but it was also because he prayed that he was able to remain faithful to God, that he was strengthened to remain faithful to God. He was faithful to God, but also faithful as much as possible as we see here to his human authorities. Instead of complaining about his situation in life, having been ripped out of his country and away from his family, he saw this as his calling, his assignment from God to glorify him before these pagan peoples who did not know God. And by a life of prayer, we too can live with faithfulness to our calling. Daniel's faithfulness in his ministry was recognized by his superiors to the point that he was elevated to be one of just three rulers who were over all the other administrators of the empire. And we read in verse 3 again, Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Before Darius in the empire of Babylon, we're now in the empire of the Medes and Persians with Darius, but before him, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had noticed this excellent spirit in Daniel as well, as had the queen during the reign of Balthazar, thinking of this spirit as the spirit of their gods. We recognize it as the spirit of the only true God who enabled him to serve with faithfulness and to be a blessing to all these people he was serving. Even the colleagues of Daniel, who were jealous towards him, had to acknowledge his faithfulness. As we read in verse 4, the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. In reading this verse 4, we cannot separate this remarkable faithfulness and blessings from his life of prayer that we read about a few verses later. For you, what is your calling or your assignment from God? This is not just a question for pastors or missionaries to ask themselves. For us, it's easy to think. We're assigned to Marseille. We can think more specifically to this neighborhood we live in, to the friends and families of our children, to the people who come into our community center, the people that we're able to interact with through our church ministry. What is it for you? It's not so difficult to identify. It's the situation in life in which you find yourself as a servant of God. Wherever you are, you are there as a servant of God. The context in which, like Daniel, you too can work to show the glory of God through your life, through your work, through your ministry, and testify of Him to the people who surround you. This includes your family situation, of course. 
your job or even potentially your lack of a job, your church, your neighborhood, all things that God has assigned to you as places and situations in which you can show His glory and testify of Him. And there are probably some challenges. No doubt there are challenges in certain aspects of this calling in your life. But you can be a faithful servant of God and witness of Jesus Christ too, no matter what, if you are living a life of prayer in dependence upon God's grace. If you are consecrating yourself to God to glorify Him and to serve Him and work for the furtherance of His kingdom where He has placed you, and if you are trusting Him to give you the grace to do it. Following the words of Jesus Himself, believing His promise and following His instruction to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. The things that we would otherwise be preoccupied with and worry about, He will provide these things when we seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. So let's not seek our own interests. And let's not try to do things for God either without first praying to Him in order to trust Him for the grace that we must have to live for His kingdom. Our text also emphasizes the faithfulness of Daniel to the Word of God very specifically. Verse 5 indicates that the men who were trying to bring Daniel down said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. His reputation of faithfulness to the Word of God was so well known that his enemies knew he would remain faithful no matter what. And that would become their trap. We continue in verse 6. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for thirty days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. And when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had his windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Daniel followed the Scriptures in praying to God despite the king's decree. He couldn't stop obeying his higher king, God. But it was also in praying to God that Daniel was able to have the courage to do this because God was supplying him the grace to have the courage to remain faithful to his word. We also need to cultivate a life of prayer to live with faithfulness to the word of God. It's important to recognize that the word of God does call us to pray. We can just cite the simple and direct command of the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Thessalonian Christians where he says very simply and directly, pray without ceasing. So to be faithful to this command of the Word of God, 
We must pray. But praying is more than just a commandment. It's also a primary means by which we lay hold of the grace of God to be obedient to all of His Word. I love the example that we find in Acts 4 when the disciples of Jesus, after His ascension, were threatened to stop witnessing of Jesus. And this is what they prayed. Lord, look upon their threats and grant to Your servants to continue to speak Your Word with all boldness while You stretch out Your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of Your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. As exiles in this world... We face opposition in our effort to follow Christ's commandments, and we are weak in our flesh. His call to serve Him, to testify of Him, is not easy because of our weakness and because of this outside pressure. But God responds to our prayers for help in obeying His commandments with the grace to do so in the Holy Spirit. Like parents, sometimes with their children, sometimes we will ask them to do things that are hard or even impossible for them to do fully on their own. And what are we hoping for in those moments? When they reach their limits, we are hoping that they will ask for our help in those moments and we are eager to give it to help them to fulfill the instructions that we've given them to do. Like the disciples in Acts 4 and like Daniel in our text, let's cultivate a life of prayer in which we ask our Father for the help we need from Him to fulfill His Word, to obey His commandments, to live with faithfulness to His words in the face of challenges to obey it. Daniel didn't stop praying despite the threat of the lion's den. And the description of his prayer life is just awesome. In verse 10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had his windows and his upper room, upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Daniel was far from Jerusalem, the holy city of the people of God, but he wasn't far from God. Through prayer, He lived in communion with God, even in Babylon and in Persia. And like Him, we must cultivate a life of prayer to live in communion with God. This is the real treasure of prayer. Because communion with God is the greatest treasure possible, both now and forever, for eternity. Now as exiles on earth, and in the future, when we're finally home forever with God, to live in communion with Him. And prayer is our way of talking to our God. Even though He, in a certain way of stating it, lives far above us in heaven. Though we have this veil that divides between the material world and the spiritual world, we can still talk to God through prayer, and worship Him and express our thanks to Him. We can ask for His forgiveness of our sins. 
We can ask Him for what we need spiritually and physically through this incredible privilege and gift of prayer. And we cannot live in this communion with God fully without prayer. It's just not possible. And we won't live faithfully as servants of God if we are not, first of all, living purposefully in communion with Him to find the spiritual strength and sustenance we need to obey His Word, to live fruitfully for His glory. Personally, I find that the spiritual practice of reading and studying the Bible is a lot easier for me than the practice of prayer. But listening to God through His Word is only one part of communion with Him. It's like in a marriage. Carissa definitely wants me to listen to her. Sometimes she doubts that I do very well. But she's not super happy if I don't have much to say to her either. She wants to hear from me. This is absolutely amazing, but God wants to hear from me. And He wants to hear from you. God, the transcendent, almighty, infinite, eternal, creator of all, wants to hear from you. In Daniel's blessed life, despite his exile from his country and his people, was due to the fact that God was with him. And Daniel was with God, in communion with God, by his life of prayer. And living with faithfulness to God and living in communion with him is what enabled Daniel to overcome the trials that he encountered. And we also must cultivate a life of prayer to live with victory over trials. We pick up the story in verse 11. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den, to the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. 
Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all the people's nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for He is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and His dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Daniel lived with victory over this trial. And we have to conclude that his life of prayer played a huge role in this victory. But his victory wasn't primarily the miraculous deliverance of his physical life. His victory was, first of all, the victory to have remained faithful to God despite the threat of the lion's den. And we too must cultivate a life of prayer to live with victory through perseverance. No matter what the consequences or results of our devotion to God, we must persevere in faithfulness to Him. There's no greater example of this than our Lord Jesus Himself. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before His crucifixion, facing the greatest possible trial, He persevered in prayer so that He would persevere in faithfulness and obedience to His Father's will. He prayed saying, not my will, but yours be done. And the father answered this prayer in strengthening his son to endure the cross. Jesus also called his disciples to watch and pray with him so they would not fall under their own upcoming trial and temptation. He told them, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Sadly, the weakness of their flesh, as is so often the case with me, perhaps with you, one out. And they fell asleep instead of praying. And then they faltered and abandoned Jesus. But Jesus' perseverance in carrying their sins to the cross made the forgiveness of their unfaithfulness possible. He died for that unfaithfulness. This is true for us too. If you have never known this forgiveness of your sins, I invite you even this morning to call out to Jesus for this forgiveness, believing that He died to endure the penalty of your sins and rose again to give you eternal life. And you will be forgiven and you will be granted eternal life because He persevered for you. Let's follow our Savior, our Lord's example of perseverance through prayer. We can't be sure that we will experience a miracle from God every time we encounter a trial. But we can be sure that He hears our prayers, that He will be with us and that He will strengthen us by His grace to remain faithful to Him. 
with this assurance. We must pray to our God because He gives His grace in response to our prayers. Daniel's perseverance through prayer itself was a powerful testimony to the king and the others of the grace of God to sustain his people through suffering. But I don't want to take away the miracle from this story. God did it, and it's recorded here in this text to encourage us. We must cultivate a life of prayer too to live with victory by the grace and power of our God. The only explanation for the survival of Daniel is the powerful grace of God that closed the hungry lion's mouths. And this powerful act of God became another occasion for God to show His reality and His glory to these pagan people through His servant, Daniel. It's amazing the testimony that Darius gave of these truths of God that were seen through His powerful deliverance of Daniel in response to His prayers. And even if God does not always deliver His servants from suffering and from death, He can do it. And that matters. That encourages our faith. It encourages our prayers. And He does it according to His wisdom and His goodwill. And we can pray even for miracles, all the while trusting and submitting to His perfect will to further His kingdom and care for us, His servants. As exiles in this world, we will be confronted by trials, but we can overcome them through a life of prayer. Daniel's life of prayer is at the center of this well-known story. It's more than just the reason why Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. We can't miss seeing the connection between his life of prayer and his faithfulness to God and communion with him that enabled him to overcome this trial. And if we want to live with this same faithfulness, this same kind of communion with God, with this same kind of victory, we must not think that it will be possible without a life of prayer. So in response to this text, we can ask ourselves three questions. The first, what does it take to keep me from praying. For me, I know that a very busy schedule threatens my practice of prayer because I struggle to stop myself from skipping over prayer to attack my to-do list. It's the same with interruptions to my normal daily routines like during school breaks when all the kids are at home or when we have visitors staying with us. But if we can be easily interrupted in our practice of prayer, this tells us we are living more seasons of prayer than a real life of prayer. The fact that prayer was an essential part of the life of Daniel is the reason that even the threat of execution didn't stop his prayers. So the second question is, what must I do to persevere in prayer? Our text today points to a habit of prayer in the life of Daniel. For him, this habit involved a place, the upper room of his house, certain moments of the day, three times per day, probably morning and midday and evening, even some specific physical practices with his windows open towards Jerusalem, on his knees. Habits like this can contribute to a life of prayer that lasts in the face of that which would stop us from praying. 
We conclude then with a third and final question. What can I do to cultivate this kind of life of prayer? The response to this question begins with a desire for that for which prayer is indispensable and a conviction of this fact. I hope that our text reinforced this desire and conviction in you as God is using it to do in me. And then we have to put this desire and conviction to work in planning our own prayer habits. And when you do, be realistic. Don't aim too high. I'm going to pray for six hours every day. That's not realistic. Be personal. Don't just copy the habits of somebody else without thinking. Think about yourself, your own personality, your own situation in life, your own schedule, and then be practical. Make some plans. Prayer is a spiritual act, but it's done by humans who are both spirit and body. So make some practical plans to develop a habit of prayer in your life or to continue the habit that already exists. And why not begin our response with that about which we're talking? A brief word of prayer. And may God give us His grace in Christ and by the Spirit to live a life of prayer.